Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and this is an episode I did with Zach Weiss from the Across the Cavs podcast. We're talking a little bit Warriors Cavs preview for this upcoming matchup. Should be a good one. So, yeah, check it out and enjoy. Patrick Epino, host of the Oakland Warriors podcast. It is a pleasure to bring you on. We've been trying to do this for a couple months, and we finally found the day. Welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, talking Warriors Cavs. Cavs are actually one of my favorite teams to watch this year, uh, even though I haven't had a chance to watch them too much. But uh, I, I like their talent. I like their makeup. Yeah, and we're going to get to that. But my one my one Cavs question, and we'll talk about your podcast and how it came to be. Which Cav, besides Garland and Mitchell, to you, has been the biggest surprise to just kind of read about this year? Um, I don't know about in terms of surprises. Um, I guess I'm surprised that Coro doesn't play more. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. I, <laughs> It's but, a good thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't a good thing. But let's just say, if you hopped on a court right now, Patrick, I don't know your your how tall tall are you? Uh, five six. Five six. All right. If you hopped on a court to play the three, you would still score as many points as a Coro. And I hate saying that. <laughs> he had some he had that thirty five point game against the Suns as a rookie. I don't know what happened that night. That night was fake. That night never really happened. I'm convinced. But. He just he can't score, and we will get into a coro. But why don't we talk uh, for you, Patrick? How did you get into Oakland Warriors? I know you've, you've been a Warriors fan for a long time. How'd yeah, you start I've been. Pod? I started the pod back in 2018. I've been a fan for decades, and uh, I started with a buddy of mine. But then uh, life got in the way, and it was like, "Yo, man, I can't meet up." Uh, and then we just paused, put a pause on it. But then when the COVID work uh, season stopped. Uh, I missed basketball. I missed it a lot. And November come draft day, actually when, yeah, the same day Clay tore his Achilles, Clay Thompson, I, you know, picked up the microphone again and I just started talking because, you know, you're not really talking to that many people. You're not seeing anybody. And I just missed talking about sports. So I started doing it and it just became like every game, and I just couldn't stop. And so since then, I've done – I've maybe missed a couple games, but I've done every game that the Warriors have played since uh, November of 2020. And it's been a, it's been a fun ride, really interesting. Uh, some uh, – you know, they won a title in that span, and, and uh, that made everything uh, – it made it, – it healed a lot of wounds for, for Warriors fans over the last couple of years. Yeah, you're a lucky man, man. I remember the play-in last year. You know, it the game against the I think it was the Nets was my mom's birthday, and then I had another thing when they were playing the Hawks. So I, I had to really manage my time very well during these games. I only caught about half of each. The Nets loss was miserable. My brother, who's a Nets fan, was there, and he was he was a happy camper. Um, we <laughs> should have won one of them, but I guess in the long run, them missing the playoffs, got them that lottery pick that would have belonged to Indiana. We wouldn't have even had it in the first place. Got us a Baji, who was a key part of the Mitchell deal. So well, whatever that I did read somewhere that it 
the the takeaway was if we beat the Hawks or Nets, Mitchell's not a Cav. Whatever. You know, it is cool. I'm excited this year because this is the best they've been through 11 games without LeBron in a really, really long time. You know, I always look mm-hmm. at the 97-98 season. I was two. I was not a Cavs fan yet. I was two. And that was the year we had several key rookies. Cedric Henderson, who I've had on the podcast. Brevin Knight, who I've had on. They were both very excited talking about that year. You know, Big Z, Derek Anderson, just Wesley Person. Might have had Lamont Murray. I think we had Sean Kemp at that time. Just kind of came out of nowhere, won 47 games, had the top top three defense in the league. This is the best team since then without James, which is crazy. It's in my entire life. That's 25 more years. But it's fun. So, so I think this this year for me is kind of going to be what last year was for you. And I'm excited to, to finally have this pod active. I've been on since the start of the 1920 season to have a team that's going to that level. It'll be really mm-hmm. fun to track it, especially during the playoffs, which we should make. If we don't, then fire the coaching staff, fire everybody. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you guys should make it. We should make it. And unfortunately, you know, Warriors haven't been horrible this year, but some way, somehow, they're four and seven. Everyone's on minute restrictions and everyone's paid, so maybe they're playing less hard. I don't know. Patrick, why are the Warriors four and seven? They just they just won the title. They didn't lose anybody besides Porter. Porter and Peyton, who are important, but they weren't winning them games at the start of last season. It shouldn't help them. It shouldn't be falling off because they're gone. Yeah, I you know, I think Part of it is, as we've heard, as you said, there's minutes restrictions. Some of the vets, some of the starters, they've been taking it a little bit more slowly. A lot of them have shown flashes. The only person that's played consistently well over the course of the 11 games has been Steph. Uh, Wiggins has been the next more, most consistent guy. Uh, and then Clay, you know, he's, I keep saying this, it feels like he's playing like ghosts in his head. Uh, he played well in the finals. A lot of that is like, you know, there's a singular goal. You're just trying to win the finals. But in this long season, I think he's kind of searching for something that he he lost a little bit. And then, you know, I mean, Draymond's playing pretty well. But when you look at the bench, uh, it's it's young and it's thin. Some guys haven't stepped up as maybe a lot of us thought that they would. And, you know, it's taking there's, – there's those growing pains. You're hearing growing pains all the time that phrase this season. So um, I think it's a, obviously it's a long season. I think honestly, not that he's a savior or anything like that. I think Dante DiVincenzo is somebody that they really miss because uh, if you think about the Warriors, you know, seven, eight, nine guys last season, uh, you mentioned two of them, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton the second, and then uh, who else was it? Oh, Nemanja Bielitsa. That's and, right, yeah, yeah, he's in Europe so, now, I think. You know, the, technically, right now, the, the guys who should replace them are uh, DiVincenzo, um, Mike, uh, DeMichael Green, and some mix of Moses Moody, uh, James Wiseman, and Jonathan Kaminga. Now, the question is, like, with 71 games left, can those guys get to a point to fill in all those slots? I personally think so. Uh, that's why I'm not super worried. It's not fun to watch, uh, but you know that's why you kind of just ride it out for a while. I've I've said on my podcast like, hey, if you're really riding and dying with this team game to game, 
you know, maybe you should take like a month off because it's going to, it's going to be a while. Let's check in at the quarter quarter season mark after 20 games and see if we're seeing some progress and whatnot. But uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's not how I expected it to go, but you know, then again, uh, you know, that's uh that's NBA, you know, sometimes I wonder if these guys, if the young guys maybe just believe their own hype, maybe thought they were ready or if the, the vets part of it is like, Hey, maybe the vets coasted because in the past years when they've won, they've kind of coasted and there have been vets on the bench who kind of covered their tails for the, for maybe lackadaisical effort efforts. But right now it's like you build a 12 point lead against those pesky Sacramento Kings in the first quarter, you put in some subs and then you end up down by one right at the end of one. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting ride. And I've said that this Cavs game, Hey, when we first talked about doing this episode, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be a fun matchup. Now it's actually more of a, well, this is an interesting barometer, an interesting test for, for the Warriors. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. And I'm, and if the, if the Warriors win, great, that's two in a row. If they lose, whew, there's going to be a lot of hand wringing uh, all over Warriors Twitter, which I actually don't go on very often. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, my take on the Warriors, I am somebody that this is my first year with league pass right now. I'm used to, you know, find different ways to watch the games. Congratulations. Uh, what was that? Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, uh, my brother and I are sharing league pass this year. Big move. He's a Nets fan. He just moved from New York to Florida, so he he needs it. Obviously, I'm a Cavs fan who's in New Jersey, so I can't. Well, I don't have the local issue, and you know, I've always been someone that watches a ton of NBA TV every Wednesday when I'm around. I'll put on uh, Crunch Time, whatever many of the great hosts they have. But on the Warriors, you know, thanks. Just getting back to that, I watch. I've watched 95 percent of the NBA playoffs. I've probably done that for the last 15 years. And you know, going back to my early teen years, and I think about this year's Warriors having just you know really following the playoffs. Obviously, unfortunately, too close for those four years where you got it three <laughs> times. We're past that though. Uh, and then in the playoffs, you know, you got all your top guys. You got your Steph. You got your Clay. You know, he's coming back into form. Draymond's making plays, and Looney's playing incredible defense that no one's really talking about until you get to the later stages of the playoffs. And you got your Wiggins. Then you go to the bench. Peyton comes in and makes plays. When he goes down, next man up. You know, Bielitsa had some huge playoff moments for them. And it's just everyone comes in and gets it done. Otto Porter, obviously, little Juan Toscano. And I see now, I'm kind of shocked because I see the plug-in Kaminga. He plays good defense. He'll play anywhere. Moody is a sniper when I watch him play. I'm just surprised that they haven't been as good as the sum of their parts when honestly, Patrick, my thought on the Warriors is when you have that starting five, just plug and play with random stars and it would work. That's my surprise. It, it hasn't with guys like Jermichael Green and obviously good DiVincenzo should be back tomorrow. So I'll, I'll see him firsthand. I'm just surprised. Yeah. I mean, we're all surprised. I was doing podcast episodes saying like, this might be the most talented Warriors team of the dynasty. And I guess on paper in terms of their pedigree. Yeah, sure. You know, Um, but some of the pieces just are, it's just not, there's no urgency right now. I think Steve Kerr talked about that and you felt it during that five game 0-5 road trip. Like the First game against Charlotte, it just, I mean, you want to see effort, right? We've all seen our teams play with poor effort, even if they're good, especially when they're bad. And 
you know, a couple of those games, it was just like, well, what are, what are they, what are they doing? And I think that, you know, with the Warriors, I look at their top six, right? The, the six that were proven and that includes the starters and Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. I believe in the starters to actually kind of get to where they need to be. Clay, I don't have any sense. <laughs> I don't think he'll get back to where he was in 2019. I think he'll get better than he is now. And I'll get, I think he'll get more consistent. And I think for him, part of it is kind of accepting getting to where he is and then accepting like that's, that's where it is. But then, you know, you look at someone like Jordan Poole who just got paid and he's improved every single year. And a lot of people didn't believe in him when he got drafted. I didn't believe in him. You know, his, his rookie year, he was, he was God awful. 20% shooter. <laughs> yeah. Like he had no, he had no real NBA skill, you know, like nothing to hang your hat on and credit to him. He made it work. But right now, even him, he's playing pretty loosey goosey. He does a lot of stuff where, I mean, his, his shooting is not consistent. He'll have some games where he's just like, you know, lights out, but then he'll have games where he's like three for 12. And as uh, he's only 23. So as the leader of the second unit, oftentimes it's like, he tries to do too much and he also makes mistakes regardless. And, you know, Hey, great. You know, for uh, uh, making mistakes when you're actually like making, trying to make plays. I I love that. But I think someone like DiVincenzo can take some pressure off of him, balance that out a little bit because they couldn't both play on ball, off ball. Um, I, uh, you know, talking about the top six, um, I think that, uh, you know, talking about the top six, it's like, like I said, can they find the seven, eight, nine guys to go deep into the playoffs? And honestly, like, yeah, that's, that's definitely it. There was part of me that wondered if, you know, the whole Draymond punching pool thing was going to to linger a little bit. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it hasn't. But you got to think that maybe that had a bit of a kind of an emotional lull for the team early on. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. And the, the funny thing, or maybe it's not funny, but the crazy thing is when we get new, big news from any player in the NBA, like they've been living a normal social life. And by say it's like social media life, Twitter life, they're posting, they're retweet, whatever, they're just having fun. As soon as they come in the news, it's it's kind of whack to think that whatever we knew that Draymond knew for a few days what he did. It's just when it got leaked. It's kind of funny. They all they act all normal, knowing they did what they did, it's not gonna leak. And then everything changes immediately in the immediate aftermath, and then everyone gets mm-hmm. ratioed and this and that. It's just crazy that if that video didn't get leaked, we might never really know what happened. So it's mm-hmm. just it's 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 wild the way media works and how just leaks and trust whatever. I mean, it, I'm glad it did get out so we understood what happened because that's I mean, I, if if it was me and I was in the front office, I would have suspended him. I would have made him sit down with Jordan and really just talk. They're teammates. They want a title together. It's not about forcing. It's just making sure they're as people with the same goal. They do that. I'm not going to dwell on it. We we can come back to this in a bit, but it's it's definitely something to see Draymond doing his thing, promoting his podcast, and all of a sudden stops when he gets caught, says nothing for a couple of days, then goes back doing his thing when the news cycle drops it. It's just it's it's a weird market. It's a weird time that we're in with NBA media and media on all sports like that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the weirdest early NBA seasons I've ever seen off the court. 
and it's actually really just i'm, I'm kind of over it i just keep talking like when the draymond thing happened uh, i said my piece on it and uh after maybe a couple episodes i was like you know i'm just going to whatever happens in between the lines that's kind of what i'm talking about because everything else is just it's just noise not saying it doesn't matter and it's not relevant but it's just it's my show i don't want to talk about it usually i'm with you, you know, man. Like, on my show but at this point um uh yeah i mean i i said before it came out the day before it came out i was like thank god there's no video of it and then um there was a video of it the next day da, 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 da. <laughs> like yeah and this this is what happens and to me it wasn't so much about taking a uh a, a stance i mean i thought he would get suspended maybe five games but it's not so much like taking a hard stance for me it's like just the 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 chatter all these moralists coming out who don't even watch basketball and it's just like like you said uh pouring it out on uh online and on social and it's like that's the kind of noise that a team coming off a title you know when they're in you know they came from they went to japan had some good times played with some hedgehogs and then uh jordan Poole gets punched in the face <laughs> Yeah, but uh, at least it didn't leave, it didn't leave any damage. The the leaks showed it worse than it was. Nonetheless, let's move on to the matchup we are previewing, which is in fact the Cleveland Cavaliers versus Patrick's Golden State Warriors. And just a look at the last, so the Warriors have actually won ten straight. I'm looking at Land of Basketball. We have not beaten you guys since Christmas 2016, when Kyrie Irving, who was still cool, he is anything but no no positive to say about him we'll hold that for another episode maybe way later but he hit the game winner that day against the warriors and then we lost by 35 7 10 24 6 19 31 18 15 and 14 we're not going to talk about last year's games either the second of which clay came back warriors lead the all-time series 66 52 i'm just gonna do a real quick dig to find out the last time we beat you without lebron march 14th 2014 by a 103-94 score. Spencer Hawes at 22-13. and 13. Luol Dang had 16. Kyrie, um, again, had 16. And then we got 18-4 and four off the bench from Deion Waiters. My man, Deli, hit two threes. That's how you knew it was a good day. And the Cavs improved that day. Actually, I don't have a record here, but it certainly was not pretty because whatever. So that, that was it. So we have to go all the way back to the 13-14 season. This time ahead, Patrick, my question is, between Curry and Mitchell, who do you expect to have the better game? And will that be a determinant for who actually wins? The way the Warriors have been playing, and as I said, Steph has been playing solidly. Um, I'll have to go with Steph. I mean, this is mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I just think that, especially at home, I do expect them to see a Cleveland team that is what eight and three yep. uh, and has been playing well. That's been touted uh, early on and see that as a challenge. And I think that, you know, Curry always steps up not saying uh, Mitchell won't have a good game, but you know, I'll put it on Curry to put on a show on a Friday night or at least try to. I'm with that. And to touch on your, your favorite surprise, Cav Isaac Okoro. He is shooting 30% from the field, including 0 for 11 on threes. 0 for 11. If, if you go to the park, the whole family, let's have a family picnic. You got, let's say you got four siblings, two of your siblings have kids. Everybody shoots 11 threes. They go 0 for 11 because some of them might be three years old and they can't reach an NBA basket. Congratulations, you're Isaac Okoro right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
No disrespect, because I want him to succeed. But two points, one rebound, 30%. He's averaging a turnover in 14 minutes. It means he has 11 turnovers, 140. He's just he's doing nothing. His confidence is gonzo. Defense isn't enough. Because Tony Allen still averaged 10 points a game without an ability to score. That that's what he would be. It's he's his future is very bleak. Thank you. What, what number it, pick would be? Fifth. So Fifth. I, I guess it's I don't I'd rather at this point I'd wish we got Denny Avdia because better better shooter, great defender, and sure he deals with foul trouble, but he has confidence. Okoro's confidence is also a zero. I don't know. Maybe you'll turn it around. But my bigger question is where Lamar Stevens has been. He's played 20 minutes across three appearances. He was that guy at times. He had a game-winning dunk as a rookie. He had a double-double in 15 minutes in another game that year. During the COVID outburst last year, he was playing 35 minutes a night. Scoring in the teens, hitting jumpers. I just put him in. The guy I like, Patrick, and you're going to learn a lot about, you've definitely read about, is Dean Wade. Any, any early thoughts on him? I, I you probably haven't seen a ton of footage yet. Yeah, I have not. I, um, I think the episode you did with Peter Kennedy, I think you talked about Dean Wade and I was like, Oh, okay. So he's, he's good. Apparently. Oh yeah. He's solid. So, uh, you know, he's, he's known for something more than, than his first initial and his last name. Oh no, the the, the D Wade joke is great. Cause every time you say D Dean Wade, it's not like you're saying D Wade. And we've had the there's only been two D Wades in NBA history, and they've both played for the Cavs, obviously. And Dean Wade, seven points, three boards, 50% on threes. He's got a couple of poster dunks. Last year he was playing great defense. I went to Nets Cavs last November. We lost because they had no bigs except for Kevin Love. But he finished the day with like 33 minutes played, and he was in Durant's face on every shot. So Dean Wade, I think, is the unsung hero so far. He did make the, what, six threes against the Knicks a couple weeks ago. And then for you guys, you know, I'm, I haven't seen a ton. I mean, I've read a lot of negative things about Jordan Poole, and I know he has good games and bad games, but he's not actually getting demoted in any way, right? He's still going to be 25, 30 minutes. It's just a, like a, it's a, it's a struggle, right? There's nothing extenuating happening. Yeah. I mean, Kurt, you know, because he's kind of proven in the playoffs and he, Kurt trusts him a little bit, he's letting him play through. And also because there's no one else to go to, especially on that second unit. If, uh, when DiVincenzo gets back, I mean, he's DiVincenzo is probably going to look really rusty since he had a hammy issue. Um, and I think that's when Kerr will have some flexibility with all that stuff. So I think Poole, you know, like I, I think, he, I mean, he's always been uh, high variance as a player. I and mean, if you go back to when he broke out at the end of last season, he was awesome against the Nuggets in the playoffs, right? Everybody's talking about like, what's the new nickname for this, uh, this lineup, this new death lineup. But then throughout the playoffs, he was abused on defense. He had to sit. His inconsistency came up in other rounds. Uh, I still believe, obviously, that he can get better. But right now, it's not like he's at the level of like where he'll be when he's 25, 26, 27, you know? So, um, and it could be also he's trying to prove that like he is worth that. I'm curious because, you know, uh, when he played against Tyler Hero the first time in San Francisco, uh, you know, he showed out. He showed out better than Tyler Hero. In Miami, a couple days later, Hero looked a little bit better. I'm curious. I mean, 
you know, just how, uh, you know, as an athlete, he kind of rises to the challenge of playing against uh, Garland just because they're in the same draft class. You know, that's always something for anybody in the NBA. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Garland fan. I'm a, I was a fan of his father. I used to watch his father play at the Oakland Shout Coliseum. Out Winston. And, uh, and I was like, once I found out that was his kid, I was like, oh, yeah, I like that kid now. You know, so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, that's a matchup I'm particularly looking forward to, uh, especially since I won't get the matchup I've been wanting for over a year, which is the, uh, the Mobley Wiseman matchup, which, which we probably won't get actually, you know, yeah. if it was me, I w- we would get it, but I'm not the coach of the Warriors. No. Yeah. You know, we'll see. And I look at Jordan Poole and as I was thinking about what to respond with, when you started talking about Jordan Poole, I'm like, wait. All the guards that come out of Michigan play good defense. And then the names I thought of, though, after that were Tim Hardaway, Nick Stauskas, <laughs> Duncan Robinson, Trey Burke. No disrespect to any of them, but I'm starting to realize that all these Michigan guards that get it done in college don't do it with the defense. They're, they're good enough in college where it's not a call-out, but all these guys that struggle with defense in the NBA. Now, Hardaway, I think, has gotten called out the least because he's played the fewest high stakes games of, of all these guys. But I mean, hopefully turn, like I looked to him coming into the NBA. He had a little man bun, like samurai action going kind of like Darius has, but on a lower level. And I remember looking at his numbers through two months. He had shooting splits of like 28 and 23 yet. Somehow he was still 89% of the free throw line, which pretty much reminds me of starting out in my career back in the early 2010s in 2K where you have no shooting ability, but you can master the free throw pretty simply. And that's kind of, and then I know eventually he turns it on. He was getting hot. I think he played one game with Steph that entire year. Cause I think pool began the year in the G league. Unless I'm thinking of the following season. Cause Steph played that one game. Then he got the flu and then COVID hit. So I'm sure Aaron Baines is not one of your favorite people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I guess it got us a high draft pick, but then that's that's James Wiseman, so we'll see. Yeah, I could have had Lamelo, but if you look at that, they I, no, you can't look at it like you can't live in the past. The Cavs, I mean, two thousand and four, there was a loaded class. We took Luke Jackson the year before that. We Ooh. took Dewan Wagner two years before that. The year before, Ron, we had Dewan Wagner. He couldn't stay healthy. You know, the Cavs whiffed a lot. Christian Iyenga, mega whiff. Sergey Karasov, super ultra deluxe, mega whiff. Carrick Felix, whiff. Jared Cunningham, whiff. And I know we traded him <laughs> and Jay Crowder. And I think it was Bernard James to get Tyler Zeller. All these whiffs, whatever. At least we had CJ Miles for a couple of years. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is it is what it is. We'll see what happens with Wiseman. I think, I think he, in my opinion... Patrick, he's temporarily a bust just because this would be his third season. You look at what some of the other guys in, in that class have done. Lamelo has already been an all-star, you know, and you have so many other pieces. I just, I, I, my head's not, I think, was Cade that draft? Or was he a year? No, my, no Cade was the year after. Cade was last year. Did they had Isaiah Stewart that year, the Pistons? Yeah, they came up together. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart. They played in high school a lot, and um, I always watch those Pistons games, those Wiseman Pistons games, because Isaiah Stewart, just in the most recent road trip, just does things like that. Why he comes after Wiseman, you know? Those guys were yep. like at the top of their draft class for a while, so uh, that's always a barometer for me as well. And in terms of a bust, I mean, someone's a bust, I guess. Like, I mean, 
I, that's fine. I'm not going to like take offense to calling Wiseman a bust, but you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I believe in the kid, but it's also like, right. He just passed like his 50th game, uh, of his career. Uh, he didn't play, he played three games against, and one was against a good team in college. And then, you know, I mean, it, he needs to, to get playing time, plain and simple. And, uh, that's something it sucks because, uh, last year, if he was healthy, he could have come along more slowly because they had more vets and there was more of a cushion this season. It feels like he's getting some of the pressure that he got his rookie year, even though they weren't great as rookie year, people were expecting a lot from him. And to me, the bar for him this season was low. It was be healthy, stay healthy. And I think when you see the talent and what he can do, uh, it's easy to get ahead of yourself and just be like, well, we want this, that, and the other. Granted, the simple things like uh, setting good screens, uh, boxing out and rebounding are, have, have come up as, as issues. But, um, you know, I, uh, I, I want to see like how he looks, you know, mid-season, right? Like uh, I, I will be, I'll call him a bust if I think he's a bust eventually. But, you know, I've, I've made good calls in my lifetime. I've made, I've made bad calls. I thought Mike Dunleavy was going to be good. I thought Anthony Randolph was actually going to oh, be Mike good. Mike Dunleavy was good. Who? We had him at the end. Mike Dunleavy. Oh, we're talking about the player, right? Not the coach? Mike Dunleavy yeah, Jr.? He was a number three pick savior after uh, uh, Yao Ming and, and, well, you know. Jason but, oh, before the injury. All right, that's okay. That's another story. Okay, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know he was drafted in 02. I thought it was earlier. Uh, no, 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 no. He was. Uh, I was like, I was like, that was the era of those big when big wings started becoming like a thing, like Lamar Odom, Troy Murphy, Robert. right? And Troy and Murphy. I was like, Dude, uh, that was uh, a year later. Wait, a year later. Um, Anyway, uh, anyway, yeah, but uh, I was like, Mike Dunleavy, that, that dude's the white Lamar Odom. That's what I said. <laughs> NBA fans, the NBA action is just getting started, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Even though the Warriors have had a rough start, how can you not bet on them? With payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Finishing up on this draft class too, you know, talking about his opportunities. A lot of teams whip. So Wolf, T-Wolves got Ant. Bulls, Bulls fans already think Pat Williams is a bust. That, I'll wait on that one. Akongwu hasn't had proper opportunity, but I think he's going to be a beast once Capella's gone. Killian mm-hmm. Hayes is absolutely atrocious. Obi oh. Toppin needs more. Obi needs more minutes. Avdia's in a good situation. Jalen Smith just had to get traded. He's fine. Sun's messed up. Vassell is amazing. He was an amazing. He was just needed to wait an extra year. Uh, Kings and technically drafted Sabonis that year. Pelicans totally dropped the ball with Kyron Lewis, even when he's healthy. Celtics got Neesmith, led them to Brogdon. Fine. Cole Anthony's a beast. Isaiah Stewart is awesome. Pokashevsky, I don't have any words yet. <laughs> Josh Green is really fun to watch on the defensive end. Sadiq Bay was an amazing get for the Pistons. 
Achua, the Heat helped him get Kyle Lowry. Fine, like you're the teams that did well. There were some whiffs. Maxi, Dub, Najee, so far an L because he can't beat out DeAndre for minutes in his third season. Bomaro helped them get helped the Wolves get Gobert, RJ Hampton, whatever. Just finishing out here quickly. Beast Pritchard, Beast as a doesn't really matter. It won't make any difference if he's good or bad. With they got Olenek, they got Kessler. Lakers, Timberwolves, Jada McDaniels, W, Raptors, Malachi Flynn, W, Desmond Bain, W. So, I mean, you look at all these guys that were never going to be the second pick who could have been amazing, but we, so we took a Coro number five. So what do we did, know? What do I did know? I hear, did you say Halliburton at all? Yeah. So Halliburton was 12 and he became Sabonis. So that's yeah, okay. kind of how I, yeah. he that, played well enough to get them an all-star, but he should still yeah. be there, but whatever. Uh, I'm, I actually like their awesome. current roster with Sabonis. So I won't say anything yet at this point yeah. in the next season. I think right now that's actually a good move for them, but it's still going to look, it's still a dumb trade, but it actually might work out for them. I, but yeah. getting, 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 getting back to, uh, to Cavs warriors. So, both of these teams, I think we both really need this win. I wouldn't, shouldn't be saying that for the Cavs in game 12, but if you lose three straight on the road out west, it's not good if you have your two top guys, Darius and Donovan, playing in all those games. So that being said, Patrick, I don't think we have – actually, we probably have – we have lines. I'm going to – I don't know. Do we know? The Warriors are probably favored. They'd have to, right? Oh, guys are definitely I don't know about that. I, I don't look at lines that often, but I'm not exactly sure. I will skip the line. Let's just – all right, we'll go no line. We'll call it a money line decision. I'll, I'll let you start, and I'll go, who's winning the, Who's winning this contest? And we'll still talk a little bit more about the matchup after the fact. But who, who do you think is actually going to lift the single-game trophy in game number 12? <laughs> who's, get, who's getting the chain? I know I don't think you guys do the chain that the Cavs do. Um, but. You know, if this was a month ago when we were just, like, scheduling this thing, I'd be like, oh, yeah, Warriors. Uh, but now I'm like warriors with my fingers like crossed and very, very hopeful. I think they need it more than, than the Cavs, and not that the Cavs can be like, Hey, you need it more, take it. <laughs> but, uh, again, like I'll have to just go with like, they're going to put, uh, they're going to rise to the, the challenge a little bit. Sometimes they play down this season because they're not all there. They at least played up against the Lakers on opening night. I mean, Lakers stink, but it was opening night against LeBron. Mm-hmm. And they played up against the Heat both times, went one and one. And then they've played pretty much down to, to everybody else. And those other teams played up. So, um, you know, just based on effort and being at home, I'll, uh, I'll give it to the Warriors, but uh, I would not put money on it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> All right, you're a smart man. See, I any any time on, on the rare case I do bet, and I've actually bet on the Cavs, they lose. <laughs> case in case in point, the Pistons matchup. I think you. Yeah, you, you wish. You 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 you'd think you think to get the Warriors a win, you just get a little Zach Weiss betting action, and it's an easy dub for the visitor. Nah, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, I think you guys have the best player. I didn't have Steph's averaging 33, 7, and 7 on 50, 40 now. My God, what? Yeah. I never saw his stats. 33, 7, and 7, shooting 51, 43, 90. Okay. Uh, if – who who is averaging – okay, if Luca didn't exist, then he would be – if Luca and Giannis didn't exist, he would be a runaway. I don't know. The MVP race, they should give it to all three of them because Luca is – 
the, all right, well, that is impressive. Let's see, Clay. Clay shooting. Wow. Okay. Pool. I never. I had the stats up. Clay is shooting thirty six percent, thirty three from three. Doesn't get to the free throw line. Pools at forty thirty eighty. Draymond is at a classic sixty thirty sixty. Nice. Wiggs is at forty eight forty seventy. All right. I, okay. Good. He's playing. He deserves to play well. All right. So. Looking at all this, I'm glad. I guess Moody's played in every game. That's that's good. He deserves that. He'll, he'll shoot better. Um, I'm going to give it to the Cavs, but I'll say because I trust that JB Bickerstaff will actually play his bench, which he has not been doing. If you look at our last couple of box scores and you watch the games, Osmond's barely been in the game, despite being one of the potentially hottest shooters we have. Okoro is getting minutes that he really shouldn't right now. The only guys making a difference that play are Dean Wade and Kevin Love. Those two and Osmond are the only ones that come in. Avert shooting 38% from the field, yet somehow 43 from three. His two-point percentage is god-awful. Just watching him try and score, other than that game against Boston, has been atrocious. Darius is shooting 38%. Him and Mitchell average seven turnovers a game. That has to come down. There's no question about that. You know, he can't keep turning the ball over 20th in turnover percentage. I think the way the Cavs are going to win is just feed Kevin Love, who's shooting 41% from three. Him and Don shoot a really high volume. Mitchell has really been good. In fact, he's playing 39 minutes a game is a little troubling because that's this is reminding me of the LeBron era Cavs a little bit. First era, where he'd play 43 mm-hmm. minutes a night. Just got to find a way to win the minutes he's not in. You got to drop that to 34 a game. There's no question. I think Darius bounces back. I think Mitchell gets 30. I think Curry scores 35-plus. I think we make more threes, which would not have been the case talking about this game before the season. I think it comes down to the wire. I think for you, being in California, you could still go out and enjoy your Friday. For me, it's going to be 12.30 time for bed. Thankfully, it won't be the third straight West Coast L in my hypothetical. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair prediction. I, I think for the Warriors, it's really like what version shows up, and we've seen the the bad version for a long time. It's whether or not they'll play good defense, which has been uh, just a killer for them. They're all slow on rotations. Like I've talked about Jordan Poole. Uh, Clay's gotten blown by a few times, but he's turning the corner a little bit. So uh, if it's the team that played against uh, Charlotte, then it's going to be a blowout. If it's the team that uh, that played <laughs> against uh, the Heat, I suppose, then then uh, uh, that's that's going to be a, a good matchup. So you know, it really, really, really depends. Like you said, the Warriors have the best player, but then, man, last Warriors box scored against those pesky Kings. All the starters were plus, like you know, anywhere from plus seven to plus twenty. And the whole bench was just minus, 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 minus. So, uh, you know, if Steph played all 48, then we'd probably win. But, you know, that's that's a bad idea. And now, is Ty Jerome playing because DiVincenzo's been out? Or is there another reason? Because I like him, but I know he started the year as a free agent. So I'm kind of confused where his minute, who he's replacing in the rotation over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, he started playing for... Dante DiVincenzo when he got hurt, uh, just as a big six five guard uh, wing who doesn't make mistakes, who's bold and will hit an outside shot and will hit a nice floater. Surprisingly, uh, I think that after 
Kerr decided to kind of rejigger the lineup. Both he and Anthony Lamb played well when they sat the vets in New Orleans. And so Kerr rewarded them with some trust and played them a lot against Sacramento. And they looked okay. I mean, they they turned a little bit more back into pumpkins, if you know what I mean. Uh And I think that uh, Dante DiVincenzo will eventually take those minutes back. And I think playing Lamb and playing – because what the Warriors don't have – is those Juan Toscano Anderson types, the Damian Lee types, uh, on top of the guys that we mentioned earlier who were just, you know, settling uh, personalities on the bench who were like 28, 29 years old, who may not be that real, that good of players, but they won't spaz. They'll slow down the younger guys. They'll kind of pace things. And so I think that's what they've been missing on their second unit. Like I alluded to before, I think DiVincenzo coming back. Again, not a saver, but eating a chunk of minutes eventually once he gets his legs under him uh, will be will be helpful, especially at, on um, on ball defense and stuff. Yeah, and shout out Damian Lee, who I completely neglected to mention. I now realize talking about last year's team having a great start with the Suns. I think he had a couple of clutch buckets in their opener. Mm-hmm. Had his game winners while Steph was out, even while Steph was in. I remember his game winner couple of years ago he's had a lot of good moments so he's a guy that people clowns they always steph's brother-in-law but he's he was a top 10 player on a team that just won a title a year ago so just shout out to him for that he obviously deserves that recognition and well we'll see you know i'm sure the warriors can find a way to make a deadline move when the time comes i don't know who that is or who they have that gets traded i i don't know but I do think you guys would really benefit if Jermichael Green can just play with confidence because I've never loved his game. I liked him on the Grizzlies, didn't love him on the Clippers, did not love him on the Nuggets either, to be completely honest. like I liked when Boogie was in more than when he was in last year. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll, we'll see. But I think they could benefit if he just shoots with confidence because when he was with the Grizzlies, I remember him taking a lot of threes when he came from uh, from college. So I think he just has to play with confidence and he could be a good backup for, for when, and if Draymond ever needs a rest game, he could give you 20 minutes as a starter and just put up his 10 to 12 and bring that veteran presence as someone that had a long, kind of a different route to the NBA. Yeah, I think to Michael Green, like I really liked that pickup over the summer. Um, it's, it's a little bit of a different fit that I think they need a massage uh, because he is, you know, he, Compare him to, say, Otto Porter Jr., who was like a 4-3. This guy's a 4-5, right? So where the Warriors kind of have a glut on their bench is like 4-5. Uh, Kaminga, even though he was drafted as a small forward, he's more of a power forward right now in terms because he doesn't have enough ball skill or decision-making is not where it needs to be. And he's a small ball center. Wiseman, obviously a center. So what they're missing a little bit is that, you know, three guy another three guy and that's where moody slides in but moody is still just 20 years old and even though he's a like really uh, i was not that mature when i was 20 years old but uh he still makes mistakes and he still has his his flaws he's not of course he's not polished and uh sometimes his his uh his slight lack of athleticism his slower foot speed uh and his long ish wind up on his on his shot kind of you know things he needs to he needs to work on as time goes but uh, uh you know i think with michael green that is going to be kind of a, a question mark when Kaminga came back in the lineup i was hoping green would sit and he did but then they also sat wiseman which i 
was not surprised by, uh, was hoping they wouldn't, but um, it's fully understandable right now. You know, might be good for him. Yeah, no, hopefully it does work out. I do want to see him play well. I want to see a Coral get better. You'll see him for a bit defensively just while Windler's out forever and other guys don't get as many minutes. But all right, so Patrick, final thoughts on the matchup and what we should expect from the Warriors, Warriors and Cavs sides, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, final thoughts are, you know, you can get probably the Warriors' best punch, not the season ever, but like in the last 11 games, like the early season, you know, they, they may not know what their best punch is because they don't know who they are yet, which is weird to say about a title winning team, but uh, you'll get their best punch and you'll get uh, probably a really, really entertaining game. All right. I'm absolutely with that. And for me, I think Steph is going to absolutely show out. And I think on the Cavs side, Garland is not going to turn the ball over seven times and shoot two for 12 again. So if both of those things happen, I'll enjoy myself. But Patrick, it has been an absolute pleasure finally slicing it up. So tell everybody here where they can find the Oakland Warriors podcast. Yeah, you can find Oakland Warriors uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. And you can find me on Twitter when I'm actually there (laughs) at Oakland Warriors. But go to the YouTube channel. That's where I get most of my uh, interaction and, uh, and, and fan talk. So appreciate it, man. Got it. So for Patrick E. Pino, I'm Zach Weiss. This has been the latest installment of Across the Cavs. We've got Cavs versus Warriors tomorrow night. We'll talk to you after that game. That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review, saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs. Go Dubs.